This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to this week's episode of Stacking the Box. You're going to notice a few things right away. Number one, it is not Sterling next to me. He is off this week, so I'm joined by Reed Wallach at Reed Wallach on Twitter. Uh, and of course, because Reed is here, we're going to talk some college football on today's show as well. Because Reed, we are in the dog days of summer. So oh, yeah. let's talk college football as well. Usually we stick to NFL, but you are our college football expert. We're going to talk college football with you. Also, you're going to notice I'm in a hotel room. I'm reporting live from Halifax, Nova Scotia. How exciting. Uh, So on today's show, we're going to finish with college football, but we're going to start since pretty slow news week, Reed. I don't know if there's NFL news you saw that I didn't, but not too much to talk about in terms of NFL news. So I want to do the NFL Immaculate Grid, which has been hitting social media by storm. What was the first one? Was MLB the original one? MLB was the original one. I've been big on the NBA one. It's tough, but uh, yeah, NFL, I, I guess it's anyway. It's like, it's a fun way, especially nowadays, like where there's nothing going on. You said it's a slow news week. I saw a big, uh, big like social media push for like the Madden release. They're doing a show, like a NFL live Madden release special on ESPN, which like to me, that is like the epitome of we have nothing to talk about and there's no new news. There's no training camp even to talk about. There's nothing. No. We, we have scraped the barrel dry uh, of content. So I think, yeah, what better time than to rip up a NFL immaculate grid than right now? The slowest week in sports is yeah. always MLB all-star week. And that is this week. So, uh, but then things start to ramp up because uh, training camps do start in a few weeks. Uh, so yeah, we're going to do that immaculate grid here in a moment. It's basically just the, current uh uh sports version of wordle kind of a little daily mm-hmm. thing that you can do i do the nfl one i do the nhl one as well uh so we're gonna do today's nfl one um but before we get into the show any further uh quick word here from DraftKings. nfl fans DraftKings has upgraded their sign up offer for a limited time if you're a new user you can receive 200 in bonus bets by just following three steps number one create an account number two make a deposit number three wager at least five dollars on any sport whether your first wager wins or loses you'll still receive the $200 in bonus bets all you have to do is use the code STB that stands for stacking the box so use the code STB when you sign up uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook and the best part is if you use our code STB not only do you get the bonus but it also supports the podcast uh, and if you're so if you're considering signing up for DraftKings and you definitely should one of the best sports books out there use our code STB to maximize your first bets this offer is available for new customers or 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Let's start things off, though. Uh, let's take a look at the Immaculate Grid for today's NFL one. Um, now, I'm going to be honest, Reed, uh, and for the viewers here, I did actually already do some of this one today because I didn't want us to just stare blankly at this thinking of answers, so that's kind of bad. Mm-hmm. So I do have some answers for some of these. I struggle with 
the college portion of the of yeah. this today it's ohio state because i'm not a college guy so i'm going to get you to help with that with me with that but reed i don't think you did any of it today so i'm going to let no. you try to come up with some answers um if people don't know the immaculate grid and if you are listening to this it is basically a grid with squares of intersecting teams and you have to type in uh, a player that uh, lines up with both of those. For example, today's top left corner is uh, the Falcons. Uh, topical for me here today uh, is the column and Ravens is the row. So you need to type in a player name that both played on the Falcons and the Ravens. They also have a column of Super Bowl MVP and they have a row of Ohio State players. So I think the easiest part of this grid here today, Reed, if we can rip through this, is the Super Bowl MVP column. Would you agree? Yeah. And I know an Ohio State one. So you could do – I'll let Perfect. you – I don't. Yeah, I know Ohio State, but actually I think only one has ever won from Ohio State. And ironically, he's played for the Steelers, so we have to be a little careful here with that. So we'll do – so Ohio State Super Bowl MVP is Antonio Holmes. All right, if we can get producer Richard to type that in for us here, see if it is correct. But that's why I now need to think about it. Yeah, right. bingo. And it says 99.78% of correct answers is San Antonio Holmes. So there must be another Ohio State player from, I would guess. I'm like pretty sure he, I guess he's got to be someone else. But And then Steelers, Ohio State, we're going to have to come back to. I have to think a little bit. I'm sure it'll come to me. But anyway, Packers, Falcons. Now we're going to go out of order. But Packers, Falcons, Brett Favre, right? We're not that's, trying to get like cute with this. We're just trying to win. We're, we're, we're just trying to win. Yeah. There are other answers, I'm sure. Brett Favre is the one that came to mind for me as well. That one's easy. Okay, so now famously played was drafted by the Falcons through an, an interception. I think it was a pick six on his first and possibly only throw with the Falcons. Got traded to the Packers. Okay, um, now let's let's just talk this out a little bit. So let's see, Super Bowl MVP for Packers. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's an easy one. He did win it the year he won it, right? I I can't think it was anyone else. It must have been Aaron Rodgers. It has to be Aaron Rodgers. That yes. would have been embarrassing if it wasn't. Uh, and Super Bowl Raven. MVP Ravens. We got two in the past twenty years. Ravens is Joe Flacco wanted the most recent time, right? I don't, I'm not, I think so. I'm not positive. I know for a fact their first Super Bowl win, uh, Ray Lewis. All right. So you do Ray Lewis then. Let, let, let's use Ray Lewis. I don't think, I don't think Jacoby Jones, I think Joe Flacco won it the year they won. I, I, I think he did, but I, I, I just know, I know, I know for a fact Ray Lewis won against. All the right. Jones. So let's talk this out here. Falcons, Ravens. You, this is you. This is, this is, this is, yes. all you. what do we got? So this is one that, like I said, I already did it before, so I know the answer to this. Oh, one. Wait, okay. So then let me let me go through. Think them. about it for a second, and I, I can give you I can give you a hint. There's two there's two players within the past five years that played on both these teams. Oh, within that, the past five years that came to my mind. Recent. You don't need to think far back. I'm trying to go for like the wide receivers on the team. Oh, uh, no, Hayden Hurst played for the Bengals, right? No, nope. hey, Hayden Hurst is correct. Oh, sweet, cool, Hayden Hurst. That's, That's the one I thought. That's actually, I think, the most common answer. I don't know, but I'm just basing it off percentages. Devontae Freeman was another one. Oh, yeah, you're running right. Back. Yeah. Running backs probably get, like, they're easier to plug in than you think. Yes. All right, Steelers-Ravens. Did you get this one? Uh, I did not. No, I could not think. Oh, wait, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It I, took okay. me a long time. I, I have one in my head, but I'm not sure if it's right. Is it D'Angelo right. Williams? That's not a player I put in. I don't know. Did D? I know he played for the Steelers. I don't remember him playing for the Ravens, though. I might be wrong. Played for the Panthers, I know. For some reason, it's coming up Ravens in my head. I could be wrong, though, so let's hold off. Um, All right. Packers, Steelers, I imagine you got this one, right? I got this one very quickly. 
So it has to be easy. Packers, Steelers. It's actually not that easy. I was proud of myself for getting this one. You, you just, it's just like one of those ones that came into your head. Um, yeah. Packers, Steelers. And I'm sure there's probably others that I didn't think of, but this is a guy that I, I thought of right away. All right, you go. Because I, I want us to get it. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Yeah, because we're not going to spend all show just yeah. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's a fullback. It's a fullback. Like, is it uh, Derek Watt? No. No, J- James Kuhn, K-U-H-N. Oh, really? When did he play for the Steelers? I remember him on the Packers. He was drafted by the Steelers. Oh, okay. Is it not James? It not, I know it's, it's not James. It's definitely Kuhn. It's Kuhn. Yeah, it's Cade. So just, yeah, type, so just in. type in the first I name. I might have got his first name wrong. Then, what? Is it? No, I can't see it. Do I can't John see that. John? John Kuhn. Yes. John so, Kuhn. James Kuhn, John Kuhn. Same thing. Yes. All right, Ravens Steelers are gonna come back to you. now. I got to think Ohio State and the Falcons. Yes, this is I did not get either of these. So well, um, Jeff Okuda is an answer, but I don't think it's gonna count because he hasn't officially played for them. Didn't he just get traded there at the draft? Yeah, I don't did, think it will count. Is that one of the rules that they have? Because I know when I did an NHL one, I put in John Klingberg for his stars and Maple Leafs, and it got me as wrong because he was just signed by the Leafs. So yeah, I don't think that's gonna count. So, so Jeff Okuda is an answer, but it's not. That would be an answer. I think this might be the hardest square on the board, to be honest, is Ohio State and... Ohio State and the Falcons. Falcons. I did end up looking it up, to be honest, later, because as a Falcons fan, I was just curious. Are they easy? Are they, like, should I get them, or are they, like, really random? I just just found one player. Um, So maybe there's more that's easier. This guy's a wide receiver, played in the, I think, late 2000s, early 2010s. Roddy White didn't go to Ohio State, did he? That that was actually my initial guess, and I got it wrong when I did this. No, one. Roddy no. White, I think, went to a random college. I'll look it up after. All right, we we have to set like a self-imposed yeah. clock here. So I because I yeah, got let's it. let's plug it in. Michael Jenkins. Oh, I would not have gotten that. No, would not have gotten that. Boom. All right, Ohio. So State we need Ohio Steelers. State with the Steelers, and we need Ravens with the Steelers. Let's go, let's go back to Ravens Steelers because there's a big name offense over the past six years. Fell a uh, big fall from grace. When did Antonio Brown play for the Ravens? Le'Veon no. Bell. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to put in the – yeah, there we go. All right. And then Ohio so State – Now this one, I this, – this last one I do not know because I know San Antonio Holmes was Ohio State and the Steelers, but we had to use him for Super Bowl MVP. So I actually did – I have no idea. This is the last block. we got to see if we can get an immaculate grid here. <clears throat> Steelers – a Steelers-Ohio State player. I was trying to go through the obvious ones. It makes it annoying because, like, quarterback, like, you have to think like if someone backed up Ben Roethlisberger, you know what I mean? Because, like, it it makes it so difficult. Running back, did Beanie Wells ever play for the Steelers? Well, is Darren McFadden – no, Darren McFadden. Was Darren McFadden wasn't Ohio State, was he? Arkansas. Arkansas. Same same jersey color, though, so I'll give it to you. Right. All right. right. Wide receiver. Gary Wilson, Chris Olaf Jackson. No. You got to go further back. No. I don't know. I think we. I think it's just. I think we. Do it's gonna be like wrong. a defense. It's gonna be like a defensive lineman. I know it. Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't Ohio State, was he? Alabama. Joey Troy Polamalu was USC. Juju Smith-Schuster was USC. Yeah, Penn State for Joey Porter. Um, Where James Harrison play? No idea. I think somewhere random and small. What about like Bud Dupree? Maybe Pouncey went to Florida. What about like way back? Like where'd like Terry Bradshaw, Brad I, Bradshaw go to college? Ooh. I have no idea. Heinz Ward? Antoine no. Randall L? I don't think so. I think Heinz Ward went to like Marshall for some reason. I don't know. I like we gotta Let's get try, I want to try Bud Dupree. 
Try Bud Dupree. I honestly have no idea. You could be right. No, wrong. Can we like a Panther? No, I can. Right, I mean, I'm I can look it up right now. now. Steelers player, Ohio State. Eight and nine's good though. Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward. That probably would have been the answer there. Of of I'm looking at a list of players. None of them are super obvious. Cam Hayward apparently on the team. Oh, Ryan Shazier. Oh, did Troy Smith play for the? No, he played for the Ravens. I think. at some point. Yeah, that's what I thought. But his that, name just came. I up thought here. Troy Smith, and it was a, a Raven. All right, whatever. All right, well there you go. That was fun. Yeah, it's a it's uh, a nice little brain, uh, you know, teaser, especially like early in the morning, get you up and thinking. Yes. Uh, yeah, Cameron Hay- Hayward was was kind of the answer for that one. All right, there we go. <laughs> that's right, peak listen, I, uh, peak dog days of summer content right there. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's move on to bold predictions for the 2023 NFL season. We each have three. Um, Some of them do come with betting odds. Some do not come with betting odds. I'm going to get things started off here with my number one bold prediction. This is something I've been thinking about a lot the past few weeks, and I think I'm ready to make this claim. And it, it is that the Miami Dolphins will win the AFC East. Obviously, the Bills, the favorites, the Jets are actually second on the odds list. Uh, Dolphins third on the odd, odds list at three to one. I think the Dolphins might win the AFC East. I haven't been super impressed with the Bills offseason. I didn't really love how the Bills played at times last year. I think the Dolphins have done better this offseason. They signed Jalen Ramsey, which is going to be huge for them. Uh, and anyone who has followed my NFL content, you know that I'm a net yards per play guy. Dolphins were actually kind of an underrated, in, in some sense, underperforming team last year. Uh, fifth in the NFL in net yards per play behind only the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, and 49ers. So I think the Bills might actually take a little bit of a step back. I think Dolphins are live to win the division. And then kind of the question mark is the New York Jets. Um, I don't know what to think of the Jets. I know they're going to have a good defense. Can they repeat the defensive performance they had last year? I don't know. Can Aaron Rodgers go but get back to at least somewhere close to MVP form? I don't know. Was last year a product of a bad team, bad people surrounding him, or was it a product of – Uh, His game has kind of fallen off a cliff. Don't know. Only time will tell. I'm going to make a prediction. I think the Dolphins win the AFC East. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I don't have like a strong opinion here. I guess I kind of do. 
I, I could see a year from hell for the Bills. I feel like they've gotten a lot of injury luck. A lot of things broke their way over the last few years. And I think the team has – Josh Allen, to me, is someone that has kind of overachieved yet. Like, he's shown more talent yet. Without Brian Dable now, I kind of question his long, like longevity as this top-flight quarterback. I kind of question how much higher can he go. And listen, after a few years of coming up short, but like being a Super Bowl contender, do they take a step back? Do injuries come about? You know, the Stephon Diggs question mark. So I can see the Bills taking a step back. And then I have a Jets related one also. So I guess I'll do that bold prediction now, but I think the Jets are going to miss the playoffs. Does that count as a bold prediction? I think it's a bold prediction. Yeah, I I think Aaron Rodgers is washed. I think that, Mm. you know, there's a lot of talent on this team, but again, we're counting on the we're counting on Aaron Rodgers to be the Aaron Rodgers from two, three years ago, where last year got a lot of like a lot of uh, cover for not playing very well, throwing more interceptions, a lot of inefficient play. How about the fact that they were winning in in the playoffs, that winning in in week 18 to go to the playoffs and they lost to the Lions at home. And yes, like it was just good. like, oh, that's not Aaron Rodgers fault. Like what? I don't understand. So the Lions had the worst defense in the NFL. I know, but. The offense was also middle of the pack. No, I'm saying if Aaron Rodgers was the Aaron Rodgers of old, he should have been able to beat the Lions That's who had saying. the worst defense in the NFL last year. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I So all of a sudden we're just expecting – like we're giving Aaron Rodgers a lot of flack for, oh, well, he didn't like playing in Green Bay, this, this, and that. What about the fact that he underachieved last year? And usually when it goes and you're this old, it typically goes and it doesn't come back. So – I'm a little skeptical that just getting Aaron Rodgers is going to jumpstart this Jets offense. I think that obviously it's an upgrade over Zach Wilson and even Mike White, but I just am with the way the AFC is constructed this year. And, you know, we have a few more AFC related bold predictions here. I just think that you can't just pencil in the Jets are going to win 11, 12 games. And I'm not necessarily the biggest to a guy, but I think that the offensive scheme is there. If he could stay healthy, that's exciting. So I, I could see the Dolphins at plus 300 winning this division. I, I, I think this is a fair bull take. Yeah, I, you're right, kind of right about – I mean, I've been speaking highly on, of the Jets on this actual show, so now I, I don't want to sound too much of, of just a hypocrite now because I'm going to kind of say the opposite. But Aaron Rodgers didn't get – he got almost no blame for the Packers' woes last year because people That's were saying, okay. oh, he, do, he didn't have any good supporting cast. He didn't have any good receivers. It's not like he's going to a Jets team that's stacked with receivers. One of his starters is the same starter he had last year, Alan Lazard. And then Garrett Wilson, obviously good. But then Mecole Hardman, we'll see what we get from Denzel Mims and Corey Davis. But it's not like he's going to a team with a stacked wide receiver core either. So he's probably the same around the same skill level of receivers. Is he going to be able to – uh, produce like he did a few years ago when he won back to back MVP. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But you don't think so? You're you're predicting them to miss. Yeah, and playoffs. just listen. Obviously, if he was in the NFC, this is a different conversation. But the AFC is just loaded, absolutely loaded. So all of a sudden, works like what? Where would you even put Aaron Rodgers in terms of ranking the? And this like a so like cliche narrative, but you could argue Aaron Rodgers isn't even the top five of quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah. So. I'm skeptical. I'm. Te- I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna predict they make the playoffs, but it's. I'm not sold enough on that take to argue against you. Mm. Your take that they're gonna miss them. All right. Bold prediction number two. Um, this is. Uh, I am on stack in the box, so I do need to talk about my Falcons uh, as I do every single show and bring up Desmond Ritter, who is getting the, the disrespect towards Desmond Ritter this off season by the majority of members of the media is disgusting. 
Um, but let's not forget this Falcons team has the second easiest schedule. I think that not only do they make the playoffs, I think they win a playoff game. I don't think it'd be too bold for me to say that they make the playoffs, but I think them winning a playoff game would be a bold call. Because really, let's assume the Eagles get the first round by. I mean, even if the Falcons are the last team in, who they play? The Cowboys or uh, I guess no, not the Cowboys because uh, the Eagles beat the, the, the winner. The 49ers, they beat the 49ers last year. It's possible. Um, second easiest schedule in the NFL. And I don't think enough people realize the moves that this team has made in the offseason. They haven't made a ton of big name signings, but they have a huge, they have completely revamped this defense. Uh, Clyus Campbell, David Onyemata, Bud Dupree, who we were talking about earlier, uh, Richie Grant, Jesse Bates, Jeff Okuda. Like this starting defense is, I think maybe we might have like two starters back from last year's defense. And we have filled it with solid veterans who aren't going to be all pro or anything, but a good group of solid veteran defenders. This team is going to look completely different next year. They might just run wishbone offense and run the ball 50 times a game, but that could be enough to not only make them uh, help them make the playoffs, but also win a playoff game. Desmond Ritter, zero interceptions last year, four starts. His quarterback rating improved in every start. He doesn't need to do a ton for the Falcons to win this, uh, to win games this season. He just needs to be a good. excuse me, game manager. That's what he showed he could do last year. So bold prediction number two for me, Falcons win a playoff game. And they might even host a playoff game. I I don't know if they're going to go on the road and win a playoff game, but if they win the NFC South, which is up for grabs by, you know, it's definitely, I think, what, the second choice? Second choice, so behind the Saints. So, like, absolutely. So I think if they host a playoff game, Definitely in play to win a playoff game. I don't know if they're going on the road and beating the Niners, though. You're, you're looking at 10-point underdog. That'd be crazy. I I think the biggest issue with the Falcons is you're talking like disrespect for Desmond Ritter. He's got to earn a little bit of respect. For, I don't even know. It's it's not necessarily disrespect. It's that he needs to earn some respect. Yeah, I think he, he did to me last year based on how he played at the, uh, the last four games last year. I don't. I, I think the offense, if Ritter proves to be competent, the offense has plenty of weapons to be you oh, know, yeah. good enough. And you know, Arthur Smith at the helm, I, I see why not. Add Bijan Robinson, which I know you were you were pissed about the pick. It seems like you've kind of calmed down. I knew I knew this would happen. Also, I'm pretty sure I said it to you is that you're going to get pit, pissed around the draft that you drafted a running back and like it's the sign of like bad organizational development. And then. After like the dust settles, you're gonna be like, "Wow, we got Bijan Robinson coming to this offense. This is about to be sick." I knew this. Was I'm gonna not. Happen. I'm not excited about it yet. Maybe I will by the time the season gets closer. But I've I've accepted it because the the management of the Falcons, their plan is, and they've been verbal about this, and this is why I kind of knew they're gonna take Bijan Robinson. Is in the draft, they're taking the best player available, and they're fixing the roster through free agency. Which, to be fair, since the draft, they've kind of done. They've at least you know, they, they didn't get whether it's right or wrong. At least they're right. going in the right in right. a way. They, so they it, want. it's not a strategy I would use. I think you should build through the draft. But hey, they have a strategy. They're sticking to it. We'll see what happens. They fair. can pay the big bucks. I'll trust them. All right. That's so we'll see. we'll see. All right. Bold prediction number two for you. All right. Bold prediction number two for me. So I went a little out of order here, but uh, I'm going to go Ravens to win, be the number one seed in the AFC. I know we're talking about how hard the AFC is. That's a bold prediction. I I am typically uh, I fall in love with the Ravens very easily. Uh, I am seduced by one Lamar Jackson, his ability, but I think that there's a lot to like with this Ravens team. First of all, the defense was fantastic last year, and with Tyler Huntley, 
This team nearly went toe-to-toe and won in Cincinnati last year. If it wasn't for a fumble recovery scoop and score a 99-yard score, the Ravens may have won a playoff game against the Bengals that everyone was saying, you know, went as what, like a pick them against the Chiefs on the road. I know Mahomes hurt his ankle, but still, this is a Bengals team that was looked at as a Super Bowl contender. The Ravens nearly beat them with their backup. They bring in Todd Munkin from Georgia, who ran a power run scheme, but with modern elements, a lot of play action throws. And this is going to open up the offense for Lamar Jackson off the injury. He gets his contract. And the Ravens also invested around him. How about a first round pick on Zay Flowers, who's a stud from Boston College? People are going to love Zay Flowers. And they sign Odell Beckham, who I know the injuries, but Odell Beckham in a third wide receiver role, second wide receiver role. Why can't he be a a big contributor here. So I think this Ravens offense going to step up and the defense to me, it's been nails for the past five, seven years now. Why can't this Ravens team be the best team in the AFC North? And if the Chiefs just take a slight step back, why isn't the one seat up for grabs with Baltimore? So I think the Ravens better injury luck this year. Few bounces go their way. They're the number one seed in the AFC. I won't say they win the Super Bowl because I've said that the la- I said that last year and that came back to haunt me. I'm just going to go, Awesome regular season team. I, I'm going to look up the odds for that. I didn't even look it up. Listen, you could convince me the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. I could kind of get on that because I think the Bengals are a little bit of an overrated team. To be the number one seed in the AFC, though, I think is a is – a, <laughs> hey, it's a bold call. I wouldn't go with it. They don't have – so they're the second choice to win the AFC North. They're plus 250. The Bengals are plus 130. I get that the, the, the AFC North is always a bear, but I just think – the entire AFC is so difficult that with just injury attrition, with random bounces, I think you could see not the Chiefs at the top of the AFC. You said the Dolphins potentially. I just think I don't know if you're just going to get like a, a binary. It's not like the NFC where it's either pretty much the Eagles or the Niners are going to be the one seed. I think it could get a little bit more random. So I'll go with the Ravens. You could probably get decent odds on this. I can't find it anywhere, though. I did find most regular season wins at DraftKings here as I'm trying to look for it. And the Ravens are at 12-1. to 1. Obviously, that also includes the NFC. So you'd have the the, the Eagles would be the obvious choice that'd be competing with uh, for that. Um, still trying to take a look like, at a number. That gives like a kind of a gauge, probably like in the 10-1 to 1 yes. range. I, I, yeah. I could see it. That's I, I'm in on that. I think the Ravens are going to have a monster. Oh, I found it on another one, plus 850. So yeah. yeah, so nine to one ish. Yeah, I I'm in on the Ravens. I think the offense schematically is definitely going to take a big jump. I also I've told you this several times. I think uh, John Harbaugh is the best coach in the NFL. I still stand by it, even yes. with Andy Reid. I just think his decision decision making is so far superior to any other coach that he can win you an extra game or two with his play call and his coaching. I do agree on that. If I were to say uh, something I'd, uh, to support that bold prediction, I agree. John Harbaugh, if he's not the best coach in the NFL, he's top three. Yeah. Um, my main concerns would be Lamar Jackson's health, Lamar Jackson's general ability. He has not put up MVP numbers since his MVP season. He's been hurt Listen, every year. That's something you should be – but even when he's healthy, he's playing decent, but he knocked not, not even close to that MVP level season. <laughs> I, I, like the Todd, I like the Todd Monken hire. I think that this offense is going to take a – tangible leap forward and i i'm i'm bullish on this ravens team and you know the brown uh, listen afc north games are always you know slobber knockers but this ravens team to me with this offensive ceiling i think could really take a step forward and kind of outpace the the steelers for sure the browns i still have some question marks about so you know listen bold predictions middle of july ravens one seed let's do it
All right, I like it. My final one uh, is, uh, and this is uh, one I'd be, I'm going to be cheering for the most, uh, even more than the Falcons winning a playoff game, is the Patriots to have a day's disaster of a season, and at the end of the year, Bill Belichick uh, gets fired or resigns. Okay, I, I think I think resigns is uh, I think resigns is more obvious than fire. I don't. I think it would be like a mutual parting of the ways. So like it would be like. I don't think Robert Kraft would fire Bill Belichick. I, I think that this is one where if the wheels really come off and Bill wants to step away, Robert Kraft kind of wants to move on. I think they would both agree. Listen, we're going to let you resign. You've earned that respect um, from us that you you won't get fired. Fire. That's like would be a weird heel turn for Robert Kraft, in my opinion. I will say, though, I, I could see in the division – I could see the Patriots having a tough time. They're clearly the fourth best team with a bullet. I think that the team's defense, though, is going to keep them in games. If the offense could take, just like be like competent. Like, can Mac Jones be just good enough? I mean, they make the change. Uh, I don't know. The trade rumors are pretty tough to get through during that trade season. I, I subscribe to them. I thought that the Patriots were going to trade uh, for Will Levis. So I guess there are a few question marks here, but to me, I think you're looking at like seven and nine. Probably again, or seven and ten, probably something like that. I just, I'm a little concerned that the season won't be that big of a disaster. Yeah, so we lost some. Ian, we lost Ian's mic for a little bit here, so I'll just keep filibustering about the Patriots. Oh, maybe my my sounds out. You go, Ian. I'll try and figure out my sound. I guess. All right, I have switched over to a different microphone. I hope that the audio is picking me up here. I'll see if uh, producer Richard. Uh, can uh, let me in if he can hear me. He says he can hear me, so I'm hoping that it's going to come through on the feed. I have no faith in Mac Jones. I don't think he's the guy. I think he's going to have a terrible season. I know that they have a new offensive coordinator, and they're hoping that that's going to fix him. I don't think it is going to fix him, and I think the Patriots are going to finish last in the division, be one of the worst teams in the AFC, potentially have a top-five draft pick. And to Reed's point, yes, I don't think Belichick is going to get fired. I do think he probably resigns and just walks off into the, in, in, into the sunset. I think it's the end of the Belichick era, and nothing will make me more happy than that. So my third and final bold prediction is the Patriots have a disaster season, and it ends with Belichick leaving the Patriots organization. Yeah, I I apologize about the speaker thing. That was crazy. Uh, the speakers, I guess, just like went out of my computer. But yeah, I what do you? I may have missed it when my sound was out. But what do you consider? What's a disaster? Top five draft pick, bottom okay. five record in the NFL. The schedule could definitely send them there. Tough division. Don't think Mac Jones is the guy. I think he's going to have a terrible year, and Belichick's going to take finally take some of the blame here. So, but I, I agree with what you said earlier. Is that I don't think he gets fired. I think he probably resigns and walks off in the sunset. Just looking at who they play, like the cross division matches, looks like they have the AFC West, which is not easy, and the NFC East, which probably not easy either. So it's not it's not an easy schedule by any means. So I think there's some credit there, but I, I think he resigns more than fires. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, your final bold prediction. My final bold prediction. So it, it's kind of a twofer. It's the same general idea, though. Long shot comeback player of the year. I think that DeMar Hamlin, rightfully the favorite, and it's not fun to bet against DeMar Hamlin. Obviously an incredible story. But if he does not play this year, which isn't – they say he's going to come back. I wonder if he actually gets cleared to play. If he takes one snap, he's probably going to win. But if he doesn't play – then he doesn't qualify for the award. So I'll take two long shots here. About two attack of Aloha and Cooper Cup. Two was in the 
25 to one range. Cooper Cup is in the 30 to one range. I am the case for both. I mean, we've been talking about the Dolphins a lot on this show. If the Dolphins are number one in the AFC or they win the division, they win 13 games or so. Um, two is going to be a big reason why he definitely takes a jump as a passer. And we have seen pretty random outcomes for comeback player of the year. The, the, the qualifications for comeback player of the year is not very uh, difficult to qualify for. Tua had several concussions last year, a lot of injuries. There were questions of if he might have to retire easy narrative to slip him in if he stays healthy um, in my opinion. So I think Tua to me is someone that the case is easy team success. He'll be a big reason why he's finally healthy. He wins. The other one is Cooper cup. I don't like this one as much, but just the numbers could be so potentially insane with cup off the knee injury. Um, obviously he's two years removed from, you know, nearly a Super Bowl MVP offense player of the year, all that good stuff. Now 30 to one, if him and Stafford put up big numbers, even if they aren't as good, but if he leads the league in receiving, yeah, I think he could be back in there for comeback player of the year. So I, to me, you know, split half a unit on these two. I think that it's worth a shot um, on the idea that Hamlin might not play actually. Yeah. So Hamlin right now over at DraftKings is the minus 500 favorite to win this. Rightfully award. So. Uh, yes. Rightfully. So that's a probability of 83.33% is the implied odds on that. So pretty good chance he's going to win it, but you mentioned he might not play, but also what if he comes back and then gets hurt again? Now, obviously we would hope that that yeah. isn't as serious as it was last time. But let's say he just comes back and injures something else, or maybe he doesn't feel like his neck or head are quite right yet and maybe plays one game and then says, no, I, this is not a good call. I'm not going to do this. He probably doesn't win comeback player of the year unless he 100%. plays throughout the season. So this is kind of a, 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 a rare spot that obviously if DeMar Hamlin, we knew he wasn't going to come back, the odds on Tua and Cooper Cup would be halved at least. At least. So there, there's some value there on, on those two players. I, I, it's, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with that market yet. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I, I I'm like this. Questioning, because... I'm questioning, is he definitely going to play? Because I, right. I do think if he plays, it will be such a media fanfare that they'll just pencil him in. He'll just win because of the, the way he came back from I just don't know. Like, I need to see in training camp he's going to play. And worst right. case, if, him, if he plays and I lose, great. Like, that's fine. But I don't think it's some shoe-in lock he's going to play and he's going to win this award. So if it's wide open, I think these two are two awesome candidates to win the award for both their production, their potential path to winning the award. And, yeah, so I think for right now I'll take a shot at Hamlin, you know. I think there's a chance he ends up not playing this season. Yeah, and and that's what the that's what the question comes down to. Do you think there's an 83 percent chance that he comes back, plays, and stays healthy throughout the season? I say no. I say it's more like maybe a 70 percent chance, 75 yeah. percent chance. What if he could, shows up at training camp and the doctors don't clear him, or he makes a right. you know a lifestyle choice and says, "Listen, I nearly died on the field. I I you know I need to worry about my health here." Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, so I, I do like that bold prediction as well. Let's switch gears to finish the show off. You are the bet-sided college football expert, so I'm going to ask some college football questions to you because I'm not a college football guy. I have no idea what I'm looking at in the entire college football world. So let's. Uh, I got five questions here. The first one is the news of the day in college football, which is actually kind of topical to have you on. 
because uh, there's no NFL news, but there has been news in college football, and that's uh, Northwestern. Their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, has been fired after um, apparently there was some hazing going on, I believe. And then I guess you just assume that the head coach must have knew about it and didn't do anything about, about it or didn't try to stop it. Um, what are your thoughts on the on that general news story, and how does it affect Northwestern? I assume Northwestern was probably not going to be a contender in their conference next season, so it's probably not going to have any impact uh, on the on the odds to win the Big Ten. No, I, I mean, win 12 was three and a half, so they were going to be right. bad this year anyway, and they've been bad for the last few years. Uh, but, yeah, I, listen, it's a messy situation. Looks like lawyers are going to be involved, but all that matters for right now is that Pat Fitzgerald's fired. Northwestern needs a new coach, and, I mean, Fitzgerald's been there for – 20 some odd years, you know, really synonymous with Northwestern. So this is kind of a huge culture shock to Northwestern. I, I happen to follow a lot of Northwestern alumni. So I, you know, I've seen a lot of tweets. Um, you know, I'm not going to comment on what happened and stuff because it's just not relevant right now, but betting implications and college football implications, nothing really changes from the big 10 Northwestern was the punching bag of the conference anyway. Um, I just think, you know, we now wait to see probably, someone gets promoted up, you know, offense coordinator, defense coordinator gets promoted up, coach out the season, then there's a new job search. But this is a team that probably is going to go through a lot of, uh, you know, scrutiny through the next year. It might not – I wonder how the school approaches who the next coach is going to be, if they're going to – because, I mean, Pathogel had, like, a huge contract, like monster. I believe right. he was owed, like, 40-plus million dollars still. So – this is a place that is willing to spend on the right guy, but does anyone want to go there now? You know, does Northwestern become this toxic place that no one wants to touch? Um, we'll see. But for right now, this year, Northwestern is going to be terrible, so it doesn't change that much. Uh, let's talk about the overall college football uh, picture here. Over the past, what, decade, two decades, it's been Alabama has been the fa- you know the favorite to win it all. Clemson was there for a few years now it's georgia and i'm looking at the odds georgia plus 215 to win is it just going to be another year of georgia domination can alabama contend is there another team outside of the sec that maybe can contend for a national title can ohio state finally pull it off Mm. their names in their year after year but they can't get it done I, I think it's interesting this year because Georgia, the past two seasons when they've won it all, they weren't the favorite. They were the third, the fourth choice to win all. Now they're the favorite, but they probably have a few more question marks than they have in the past because Stetson Bennett's not under center. There's not necessarily right. a proven commodity coming in. It's either going to be the veteran backup, Carson Beck, or Brock Vandergriff, a highly touted recruit. I lean toward it being Beck, but I mean, this offense is still going to be absolutely nasty. Brock Bowers is back. Dejon Edwards is back at running back. I mean, this team is still rightfully the favorite. And also their schedule this year is an absolute joke. They're going to be favored by two touchdowns, at least in pretty much every game, except for a road trip at Tennessee the first weekend in November. And they're still going to be favored in that game. I just think George is going to be lightly challenged. And then you also look at the team's second, third, you know, Alabama and Ohio State, they have their own question marks at quarterback. They have their own question marks on defense. So you can't necessarily be like, oh, well, like Bama's going to get Georgia in the SEC championship game and then the college football playoff. Georgia's kind of going to waltz the SEC championship game and likely the playoff. I think if there's a dark horse, I would say maybe it's Clemson. Maybe it's 
Penn State, I think Michigan is probably a cut above Ohio State this year. Penn State has a lot of talent, but to me, one I've kind of come around on is Clemson. I believe they're in like the 16 to one range. This is a team that's still been a top 10 team the past several years. They hired Garrett Riley, offense coordinator from TCU. If you're familiar with TCU, they stunned everyone and was the most surprising national championship entrance since the college football playoff ever, ever started behind a vaunted offense. Former five-star recruit taking over a quarterback in Cade Klubnick, who people are very high on. Scheduled fairly easy. Host Florida State in their toughest game. You know, they're, they're the favorites to win the ACC. I agree with that. Can they make the college football playoff? And, again, this is a team that, on paper, matches up with the top you know, five teams. Maybe not Georgia, but you know, right below there. So the Shines wore off a little bit on them. Can Clemson be playing for a national championship come the first week in January? Absolutely. So – Maybe it's a little bit further down the board this year. Take a shot at Georgia. 18-1 to 1 Clemson is right now to win the national championship at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you want to back that, use promo code STB when you sign up. Get some bonus money. Um, speaking of TCU, uh, unbelievable run last year, all the way to the national championship game, but then they just got their asses completely handed to them in the national championship game. Make your call. I mean, you gave some – you gave some realistic dark horses here. What about a team way off the board? Is there a team? Um, obviously, I mean, it's likely not going to happen. We're not going to see another TCU this year. But if the, if you knew that there was going to be another TCU-esque team to go on a TCU-esque run this year, name that team. All right. Like, for like, I'll go, like, real yes. off the cuff here. Let's yes. see. I'll, I... This is tough. All right. One team I've been thinking about how I want to play them. The real issue is, is that the schedule is so difficult, but I'll make the case for Texas A&M real quick. This was a team that had a win total of nine last year. And everybody was talking about this is the year Jimbo's finally going to take off. He has the blue chips in there. Uh, And this is a team the last four or five years had uh, one of the best recruiting classes ever. So the talent is in college station. It's about unlocking it. Jimbo ran the offense last year. It was antiquated. It was terrible. They were killed by injuries, suspensions, this and that. Terrible. They bring in Bobby Petrino, who uh, a bit of a wild card. Um, I hate Bobby Petrino. Yeah, a bit of a wild card as the offense coordinator, but there's no doubt that he has the mind to run it. He also has a five-star recruit who played last year at the end of the season, led to some big wins, uh, beat LSU, carved up Ole Miss, um, you know, eight to zero turnover. Touchdown to interception ratio in Connor Wegman. If he wins the job, I think AM is live to get to the SEC championship game, win that division. It's against Alabama who has questions. LSU is also in there. I think you could see that division maybe beat up on itself a little bit. And AM, they have the talent in there. The defense wasn't the issue last year. Top 40 in success rate, got in the backfield a ton. It's that the offense could take the step forward, but they have plenty of of weapons around Wegman with Ana Smith coming back, Moose Muhammad, Evan Stewart at wide receiver. They're 13 to one to make the play 12 to one to make the playoff. Probably doesn't happen. But if you're talking just talent alone, like if you enter this year blind and say, I'm not going to look at what happened last year. I'm just going to look at this roster right now. And this year, Texas A&M's roster is better than what their win total conference title picture. You know, I, I think, the cloud over them is a bit shakier than it should be. So I think AM, you know, I might be sprinkling them to like make the SEC championship or something like that. And then, you know, if they're in the SEC championship game, they probably have an outside shot and make the playoff. 
No love for your Wisconsin Badgers? No, not this year. They're, they're, they're going in the right direction. Wisconsin is back, but they're still going to eventually run into probably Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State in the other side, and they don't have the roster to compete yet with them in the Big Ten championship game. But in the next few years, I am bullish that Wisconsin, they'll win a Big Ten championship soon. Wow. All right. There's bold prediction number four for the show. Um, who is winning the ACC, Clemson, Florida State? Because this is an interesting conference. I figured uh, that Clemson would just be an, you know, an overwhelming favorite to win the conference, but Florida State right behind them on the odds list. Uh, what, is there some resurgence going on uh, for the Seminoles here, or, or what's going on in the ACC between these two teams? Yeah, Florida State set to have a monster year. And like I said, I Clemson, I think, again, off a down year for them, and they still won the ACC. But off a down year, Florida State, one of the highest returning productions on both sides of the ball. Jordan Travis is like a top five odd, has the top five odds for Heisman Trophy. Bunch got Wilson's a six seven receiver. Um, Benson at running back. They get hit the portal. Got Keon Coleman, one of the highest touted transfer wide receivers in the country. Offensive line is nasty. On the other side, future top ten pick Jared Verse. I mean, this Florida State team is nasty. But again, I kind of lean towards Clemson. And the odds have kind of ping-pong back and forth. But I think that we're starting to see Clemson emerge as a slight favorite because ultimately Florida State has to go to Death Valley and play at Clemson. And the winner of that game, pretty much a shoe-in to go to the ACC championship game because there's no divisions this year in the ACC. So you're going to be looking at getting basically a two-game lead on the next best team You know, because obviously you'd have to beat them. You have to go above them because you lose a tiebreaker. So, listen, Clemson's going to be favored in the most decisive game of the year. I'll give the nod to the Tigers, in the, my opinion. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of upside with Clemson this year, honestly, in the futures market, whether it's ACC championship, K-Club, Nick Heisman, even to make the playoff at, like, plus 300. I think that there's some room to be betting on Clemson. I'm going to probably be doing that in the next few weeks. So, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the last season before the big changes come for college football. Uh, I believe the expanded playoffs are starts in 2024 and most of the conference realignment starts in 2024. Is there anything that starts this year that we should be keeping an eye on? The big 12 started their adding before they start subtracting the bigger names. They brought in four teams. They brought in BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston this year. And with that, there's been some shuffling in the group of five. AAC's picked up some schools, conference USA, has lost some schools and then added some FCS schools and independent schools. So there's been some minor reshuffling so far, but next year is where you're going to see Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC, UCLA and USC in the Big Ten, kind of the more seismic changes uh, next year. So some subtle changes. Um, One team that I have my eye on making a change to another conference is UCF in the Big 12. Um, Texas, clear favorite, rightfully so. They're the best team on paper. But we've seen in the last few years some more of a team off the grid making a run in the Big 12. And I think UCF is actually a team that can do that. This is a transfer-laden roster with a lot of veterans coming from the Power 5 ranks. So this UCF team is maybe not a Big 12 caliber roster just yet, but they have plenty of blue checkers that could play on that level. So I don't think the transition is going to be as tough for that school versus like Cincinnati, who's also joined the Big 12. So I think UCF, to me, is a team that has a fairly favorable schedule. They avoid Texas. Um, I believe Texas Tech goes to the bounce house. Um, and I think they have to go to Kansas State, which is a tricky one. But 
To me, UCF is a team that I think it has a ton of upside with John Reese Plumley back at running at quarterback dual threat. I just think that team, Gus Malzahn, runs a big offense. I think they can maybe stun a few teams in the Big 12 and maybe make a run late in November there in the mix for a conference championship appearance. All right, last college football question, then we're going to wrap up uh, the show here. Uh, this is uh, one that I just thought of right now. I don't know why I didn't uh, bring it up earlier. Because one of the biggest storylines in college football this year, at least one that I'll certainly be paying attention to, is Deion Sanders, head coach now in Colorado. Uh, so really quick, I'm just, I am just looked up their win total here. Three and a half, which yeah. I'm I, – based on the social media hype, I thought their win total was going to be like eight and a half. So three and a half win total with the over at plus 130 at DraftKings. So three and a half wins for Colorado and Deion Sanders first year to go over three and a half wins or under three and a half wins. It's tough. It's pro- I'm going to go. Let me, I have to pull up the schedule again really fast. Let me, I'll do a quick. So while I filibuster to get this out, it's, it's all transfers this year. It, it, Deion has completely right. gutted the program and brought in transfers. His son's going to be the quarterback I do think that they're not going to obviously like all the like to win the Pac-12 bets and national championship like that's like literally wasting money like you could literally you might as well just donate to charity, but there is talent on the roster especially compared to the bottom of the Pac-12. It's if Dion can actually coach this roster up and maybe you know outperform a little bit of expectations, but you know I'm probably going to go under though on the win total. I see two clear wins. Home for Colorado State, home for Stanford. Stanford's going to be the worst team probably in the Power Five ranks this year. So they win those two. And then it's hosting Nebraska, not confident. At Arizona State, probably going to lose. Home for Arizona, maybe. And at Washington State, you're probably winning three games in reality. So even if the team maybe is more talented, I think it's still going to take maybe a year or two to really get the whole roster together and stuff. I don't have like a strong opinion on Deion Sanders. I don't, a lot of teams are going through like this, like basically like gutting their roster and going through the portal. So this isn't some like wild thing he's doing. A lot of schools are going this route now. It's more that it's Deion Sanders and he's a lightning bolt of, you know, conversation and stuff. So we'll see, listen, you know, I think it's an interesting case study because there is a lot of buzz around Colorado, even if they don't win a lot of games, if they're just more competitive and they were God awful last year. Uh, if they're just more competitive, I think it's probably a success for them. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm going to take the under in that win tool. Um, yeah, I kind of like the under too. Yeah, uh, second longest odds to win the Pac-12 behind uh, only Stanford, worse as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so there you go. That is, uh, hey, it, uh, we are in the slowest week for sports of the year, and we still managed to get 55 minutes uh, of uh, streaming podcasting out. So how about that? Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Reed, for joining me. Also, by the way, uh, fun announcement out today. If you want to hear Reed talk more college football, uh, Reed has released the latest episode of the early Reed. Not only the latest episode, it was a show that he did last year as well, but now kind of a new iteration of the show. Reed, tell us about the early Reed. Yeah. Early Reed is back. We are in conference preview mode. Kind of just going to take this a little bit deeper. Um, a little more open-ended. So every, you know, all conference previews are going to be coming out, rolling out, you know, every other day or so for the next few weeks leading up to the season. Then when the season starts, we're going to be doing, you know, similar to last year, an early read episode on Tuesday, 
kind of deep dive in college football, you know, getting in early. We're all about making, you know, insightful, intelligent wagers with the early read. And then we'll be back on the Friday show where I'll kind of run through the entire week's slate, give out all best bets remaining and stuff like that. So really excited. And then, you know, keep the conversation going in the off season, talking about kind of the whole industry of sports betting. So pumped uh, that it launched last night and, uh, you know, first episode dropped this morning. So I'm pumped for that. And uh, yeah, excited to see where it goes. There you go. So check that out. The early read, get your college football stuff there, get your NFL stuff here on stacking the box, like the video. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, rate and review the podcast. If you're listening to it on audio, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. I'm sure Sterling will be back next week. He's just on the road this week. Uh, so we'll get back to a full show of NFL. Hopefully we'll get some news to talk about next week. Um, but it, Hey, training camps, what three, four weeks away. Training, right training camp's coming up. It's right around the corner. The NFL season is closer than you think. Thank you all so much for watching. I'm Ian McMillan. He is Reed Wallach. Um, Yeah, thanks for watching. I'll talk to you next week, baby! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.